Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three, four. Monster Movie. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Honey Bee. We just wrapped up our third annual 31 Days of Horror Marathon, and now we are back to our regular schedule, just in time for Godzilla from 1998. And we have some special guests with us. Today we have from the podcast No Croissant, the Godzilla 98 story. That's right, a podcast devoted entirely to this movie. We have David Scrivani, Nick Huber, and Christopher Conde. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Fuck hello. Yeah, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us on. Hello, everybody. Pleasure to be here. If you could all briefly introduce yourselves, so the audience knows what voice goes with what name. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. I'm the. I'm the. I'm the lead of this group. Get the head honcho. <laughs> I'm the head. Uh, hi, uh, I'm I'm Christopher Condi. Uh, some people know me as Chicken Man. I I'm uh, I've been a Godzilla fan for good uh, tenish years, maybe, and uh, I, I I run the No Croissant. Godzilla podcast. It was a little stupid idea I had, and David and Nick wanted to help me with it. So, hell yeah. Okay, who's next? Don't worry. I'll go. I guess I was waiting for Nick going, but uh, but it's. <laughs> I, guess it's I, want to, I want to let David go <laughs> next. It's the last time I went second, so I want like David okay. to have the second spot this round. <laughs> All right. They, they do this shit on my show too, so. Yeah, I know it's it's, it's bad. <laughs> we never know who's who's gonna talk. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm David Scrivani. I. Obviously, I'm one of the co-hosts of the No Croissant podcast. I also host Talking Toku. Uh, it's more of a general monster podcast than Godzilla 98. But, you know, obviously, Godzilla 98 is, is where my true passion lies. If you, if you, if you couldn't tell by, by our being here. <laughs> okay. And uh, my name is Nick Huber. Uh, I'm the host of the Visionary Dawn podcast. Uh, my podcast that I do is we interview different people from uh, film and different media. Uh, recently, we had a uh, Tab Murphy on, who was also on our podcast. Uh, he wrote the uh, Godzilla '98 uh, sequel scripts that was never made. And uh, I've been a big Godzilla Aww. fan all my life. And what I do on this podcast with David and uh, Chris is I bring up a lot of different archived uh, material from the 98 film, such as little trivia that didn't make it on the cutting room floor and other stuff from different production books and uh, different memorabilia that I've collected over the years. 
Yeah, there, I think there's a stereotype that like men in their twenties like all have their own podcast. That's that that's all three of us. We all have our own podcast. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah. For 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 a long time, um, my my co-host of Talking Toku, Brian, he had on his dating profile on Tinder, he had white guy with a podcast. <laughs> so it was really more of a warning than. <laughs> <laughs> now, if this is your first time joining us on the show, uh, Honeybee and I are two best friends who are making our way through the history of kaiju movies. We began with 1933's King Kong, and obviously today we have made it all the way up to 1998 with Godzilla from TriStar. Yeah. Let me give you the stats here. It's directed by Roland Emmerich. Screenplay by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. It is 139 minutes. It's in color. The budget was 130 to 150 million, and the box office was 379 million. And yet, and yet, it's considered a flop, even a disaster. And they did not bother to make a sequel, except they did do a uh, cartoon series that is a direct sequel to it. And uh, have you have you guys all seen the cartoon? Oh, yeah. absolutely! I've seen every episode. I'm not sure about these guys here, but um, I would I will say uh, just for just for some clarification, the uh, that cartoon was developed while the movie was still being produced, so. I, I question whether or not they would have done it regardless if the movie was a success right. or not. Right. Uh, like as right. in continue it. But yeah, I mean, ar- I mean, arguably the show is better than the movie. So. Yeah. Arguably. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to add uh, <laughs> clarification to the uh, um, budget thing. So they did make all their money back on the movie. So it was uh, financially a success where it bombed was critically. And then that's why we never yeah. got a sequel. Because critically, it was sure. bad, but it made all of it well. But bad. there's been <laughs> there have been plenty of bad movies that just keep churning out sequels. I was gonna I say, know, yeah, there's plenty that of movies nowadays. It underperformed <laughs> financially. It, although it did yeah. technically make its money back, it did not make. Uh, it wasn't the big Independence Day blockbuster mm-hmm. hit that they were hoping for. Right, and we gotta keep in mind sure. too that like, and we've touched upon this on No Croissant is how just the astronomical amount of money they spent on the marketing for that movie. Mm. They probably, the budget is probably double what it, maybe even more than double. So they probably only barely made its real budget back. Before we get too far, I just want to say, um, I've seen part of the cartoon. I don't think Honeybee's watched any of it yet, but if you want to, we're going to do another episode on that. So if you want to just, stick around after we finish this one and just say a little bit about your thoughts on the cartoon and then I will integrate that into our episode when when we do it later. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. and just to kind of let you guys know if you haven't listened to the show, I um, this was the first Godzilla movie to me because I was born in 91 and I didn't give a shit about it when I was a kid <laughs> or growing up at all. I had no, like, I just never watched it. I watched it for the first time, like, very, very recently. And so 
in all of these movies, all of the movies that we've watched, starting with King Kong, this is like really my first time. I never gave a shit about kaiju movies or really even knew what they were. It just was not something I was interested in. Um, and so, so I've only been a Godzilla fan for like the last two years. So this is all very, very new to me. The movie was very new to me. It was my first time ever watching it. So just so you guys know as well. And that is also why I haven't seen the cartoon yet because we are going in order. So I, I oh. haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> well, welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, um, welcome to the Cool Kids Club. Uh... So, uh, <laughs> am I the only one who saw this in the theater? Uh, I certainly didn't. Uh, I think I think Nick was Nick was alive. I was um, alive, but he didn't see it in the theater. Chris, uh, you were not right. alive, correct? I was not alive. I was not even a mere idea. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't even a single sperm cell at all. I. I. It was. It. I I didn't come into the scene for another two years, so. Nice. Okay. Hell yeah. So I was 30 years old and living in New York when this came out. Oh. And you mentioned Whoa. the you mentioned the advertising. I saw those buses with his foot on the side that said like his uh-huh. foot is the size of this bus. There were billboards everywhere. I had the. Uh, Taco Villa cup holder, cup and cup Taco, holder. Taco Bell. I think, Taco Bell. Uh, was it Taco Bell? Taco yeah, it, it was I Taco think, Bell. was there also a, a cup topper? Was there a different piece? Yeah. I, there, there, I might um, still have it somewhere. I, I'm not sure. I know there is a uh, water bottle that has like a strangely bizarre, like, good sculpt like way too good for like a novelty like water bottle to have of godzilla on the mm-hmm. top um there's nice. the taco bell cup holder and yeah a lot of i mean i'm pretty sure there is a bunch of knickknacks from that movie that's like lost media at this point like there's so mm-hmm. much stuff like i have i have failed to see like properly documented anywhere like i'm still right. like finding like new items and like merchandise and promo material i've never seen before i recently found out there was like a fishing rod and then like a mini pinball like a portable <laughs> game like you could carry around with you it wasn't electronic or anything it was just like these plastic a fishing things. rods so he could chase you down the dock when you're using <laughs> yeah i'm looking no, at this up right now i found uh on facebook i couldn't find oh, it anywhere yeah. else on the internet but i found a uh What's the ice cream brand? Um, it was Eddie's, Eddie. right? Eddie's. There is an official Eddie's. Um, I think it was only for employees uh, of some fucking place. But it was an official Eddie's ice cream Godzilla Claw ice cream glove. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Like for the people to <laughs> scoop with. <laughs> okay, well, if anyone wants that Godzilla fishing pole, you can get it on OfferUp.com, whatever the heck that is, for $80. Oh, fantastic. Oof. Nice. Oof. You, you, you trade with your kidneys on that one. <laughs> wow. Well, I saw this on opening night uh, somewhere in Manhattan on an IMAX screen. But they came out. Well, the thing is, they came out uh, before the show to let us know that this was not actually an IMAX movie. They were just showing it on the IMAX screen. So we should have actually got the we would have been better off 
just getting a ticket to the regular screen. Now, did they charge so you IMAX rates? I think they did. So yeah. it wasn't going to be in 3D. Yeah, it wasn't going to be on in 3D. It was just going to be on this weird curved screen that we had a strange angle to. And the place was packed. And they sent this poor girl out there to tell everybody. And we were all like, what? But it was but it was too late. Dominic, uh, so you say you watched it in Manhattan. Uh, were movie theaters yeah. in Manhattan back then as scummy as the ones now? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was a big. This was like, uh, this was a um, fairly new, multi-story, shiny multiplex thing. Right. I mean, I, I know um, the economy stir- was uh, quite different than what it, what is what it was in 1998 compared to now. But uh, well, a movie ticket <laughs> in in Times Square is like. $8. Yeah. There, um, this was during the, I probably, I guess during the period when the, they were kind of cleaning up Times Square. I right. don't think the theater itself was in Times Square, but you know, there used to be a certain type of theater in Times Square that is not there. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there are a number of, uh, number of nice movie theaters, uh, in Manhattan, or at least there were at the time. They're pr- if it, they're probably all run down by now because it's years later. Most, most things in Manhattan are. So. <laughs> no. I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> I have not been there in a while. So uh, let's uh, get to our cast. We have Matthew Broderick as Dr. Yeah. Nico Nick Tatopoulos, who Whoa. is named after the guy that designed the creature. Jean Renault as Philippe Roche, Maria Patillo as Audrey Timmons, Hank Azaria as Victor Animal Pilati, our first Simpsons voice actor, Kevin Dunn as Colonel Hicks, Michael Lerner as Mayor Ebert, Harry Shear, another Simpsons contributor, as Charles Kamen, Arabella Field as Lucy Pilati, Vicki Lewis as Dr. Elsie Chapman, Lori Goldman as Jean, Doug Savant as Sergeant O'Neill, Malcolm Denari as Dr. Mendel Craven, Ralph Manza as Fisherman Joe, Glenn Morshower as Kyle Terrington, Chris Ellis as General Hunter Anderson, Richard Grant, that's Richard Grant, not Richard E. Grant, as Admiral Phelps, Clyde Kusatsu, Kusatsu as Japanese tanker skipper Nancy Cartwright, our third Simpsons person, as Cayman's secretary. Frank Welker, from Scooby-Doo fame, as creature vocal effects. Gary A. <laughs> Hecker, also as creature vocal effects. And Kurt Carley as Godzilla, the suit performer who is un- credited the most overlooked actor in the film and arguably plays the yeah. most important character in the film <laughs> yeah yeah not cool not okay yeah. tristar not okay we, we we talked extensively about that on on our show during his interview but yeah it, it's kind yeah. of an unfortunate uh reality that like uh a lot of faceless actors in film are often overlooked i mean besides like uh what's his name who um can't believe his name's escaping me 
The guy that played King Kong and uh, oh, that Planet of the Apes. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Yeah, he's probably the most famous uh, motion capture artist. Sure. Like, of all time. Sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So this might be a good time to mention that the Godzilla is a combination of CGI and some practical stuff and a guy in a suit. And Even possibly generous. some CGI <laughs> over top of the guy in a suit. I think it all fits together pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean, you couldn't even like really tell. It, it, it's very hard to tell even in the movie when I, I think they only use. It's it's been a while since our Kurt Carly interview, but I I think they basically cut most of the suitmation scenes, besides like a couple mm-hmm. shots. Uh, he he did tell us explicitly. Anytime Godzilla is interacting with a physical object on the screen is basically me. And I don't know about you, but I cannot <laughs> I cannot tell when that is. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a big tell uh towards the end where you can tell it's the animatronic Godzilla because it's like obviously a real object on screen. But other than that, mm-hmm. like I mean they, they hid the suit mission pretty well. Yeah. Now one of the critiques of this movie is that a great deal of it takes place at night in the rain presumably to hide some of the cgi effects and which was a uh, pretty common i think at that time cgi has gotten better and we can do things in the daylight now but that was a that was a pretty common practice back then i mean to be honest like sometimes the night scenes just look cooler and more dark yeah. and foreboding. I like uh, for example I mean compare the the Hong Kong battle in Pacific Rim to the final uh Tokyo battle in Pacific Rim Uprising. Like <laughs> like it's just like a night I mean sure it's it's more uh complicated than just like having the uh setting at night. <laughs> Were you about but... to say it's like night and day? <laughs> it's like night and day. But it's like it, it's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, still, like, I, I think, I think, uh, um, when it comes to things like kaiju films, what really sells the illusion that these monsters are as big as they are, is not being able to see the entire monster in like one shot. You know what I mean? If if a monster mm-hmm. like that was real, the only the only time you'd ever see Godzilla like full body, like, like head to tail. Is if you were like on a hill looking at him over, like a hundred feet, like a hundred thousand feet away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's yeah. more realistic and and sells the scale, I think, to the audience. The not have most of the monster like completely visible, which is why I, I do like night battles. Um, with that being said, though, it, it absolutely had the the doubling. It also doubled as like a way to hide the kind of like poor cgi i I mean i know there was like a also just like a a time period limit (laughs) you know obviously we've gotten so much better uh yeah modern day cgi now i assume that you guys all uh enjoy this movie since you have this podcast (laughs) isn't that the question today (laughs) um i'll i'll let uh Nick go first, because Nick, Nick probably loves this movie more than the three. Like out of all the three of us, I think Nick unironically enjoys this movie the most. I enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's a fun 
like, uh, albeit a little silly, I think it's a fun entry in the Godzilla, like, mythos, I think, um, because it takes a very interesting origin for Godzilla um, mm. in the movie, so to add some historical context to it, the uh, hydrogen test in the beginning of the movie was a real hydrogen bomb test, but what's interesting about it is that it was one of the very few that was a illegal hydrogen bomb test. So to explain, uh, France basically showed up in Polynesia and said, okay, we're going to launch a hydrogen bomb right here, and there's nothing you're going to do to tell us no. We're just going to do it. And that's exactly what they did. They went to the Polynesian Islands, um, made a little base there, and they blew up a hydrogen bomb in 1963, which was the uh, Morona bomb test. And that caused a huge mess from the UN after that happens. And that affects part of the plot of the movie. That's why the French guys are secretly like trying to move around the American military and, you know, cover up the tracks of Godzilla and uh, from the public in the movie. And I thought that was a very interesting idea to like change the mythos. So it's not the American department of defense that creates Godzilla but is instead um, done with a different country. And then the uh, the other things I liked about it was that it's, um, I, I think it was just a very, like, 90s movie. So it's got, it's got like, a lot of the, the uh-huh. of a 90s movie mixed in with some minor elements of uh, a Godzilla film that you would see, uh, like, at the time. So, uh, Honeybee, this was your first time seeing the movie. What is, what is your general impression? Did you enjoy it? Well, so I, going into this movie, you know, I had heard a lot of people talk shit about it. And so I was kind of <laughs> like not sure what I was going to think of the movie, especially um, just because a lot of people that I know just had so many complaints about like the design of Godzilla and all of these things. And I fucking loved it, man. I can't, I'm just like, (laughs) fuck you guys. Like this is a, this movie is amazing. And I love the design of Godzilla in this movie. Like the meaner he gets the, like the, uh, like just his design, like the definition, like he's, he's just such a badass in this movie. And there's so many moments in this movie where I could watching it, I could like hear the, you know, the critiques and like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, man, fuck you guys. This was so good. And I'm sad that I didn't (laughs) see it sooner. The only complaint that I really have about this movie. And it's a complaint that I have about a lot of movies that we watch is like the people shit the people shit is kind of lame in this movie (laughs) like the love story bullshit i i really felt like um if i had seen this movie as a kid i would have been like oh audrey i hope they get together but then like seeing this movie now i'm like fuck this bitch like she is such an (laughs) asshole like well, Audrey you, is it was a terrible like, person. She's a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was like a very like Forrest Gump situation where when you see Forrest Gump as a kid, you're like, yay, Jenny, I hope they get together. But then when you see it as an adult, you're like, what the fuck? Like, fuck her. And the so, Jenny comparison's like, perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like perfect, yeah. she usually in these movies we have like a douchey guy you know like a guy who's like kind of like you know an asshole but it was totally audrey in this movie so i could i mean i know it was like you know 
it, it's necessary in a sense. You got to have people shit to have the monster shit. And I get that. But that was really my only complaint about the movie was like the people shit was just kind of lame. That was, was like, your give me, only give me complaint. More. Well, I mean, like, just. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was so good. I loved it so much, and I like. Damn. I'm like, give me, give me more, give me more Godzilla. Right. So, Chris, yeah, we gotta I be fostering it. positivity here. We can't just be, we can't just be, be laughing right. at the fact that she liked the movie. It, it is funny though. I, yeah. I mean, I, I do think. I mean, I'm glad you, I mean, that's what I thought about the movie it. when I first saw it. I, I love the movie. It's yeah, just, uh, I loved it. I think it's pretty cool for what it is. I I do agree that the main issue really is like everything to do with the human story. Yes. I guess is arguably it can be everything, but I mean like <laughs> the monster is pretty cool though. And like if yes. if you're a kid watching this movie, like there's a reason why the kids love this movie more than the adults do. Like mm-hmm. the <laughs> like you get to see a monster do cool shit. Sure. Like, totally. And... <laughs> So, uh, for the record, I mostly enjoy it. There's an element that bugs the shit out of me, and we will get to that when we get to it. <laughs> and uh, I did want to add a little context to my like my last statement when I was talking about the uh, human characters from uh, some Godzilla movies at the time. But what I like to the last, like the one that comes to mind is the last two Heisei Godzilla films, like versus Space Godzilla and. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. and uh versus destroy at least like the three three characters that come to mind from those movies but uh to explain what i mean is that like space godzilla was trying to do something where it had a little bit of comedy in there mixed with a science fiction plot and was going for something a little bit lighthearted. but there were also some characters in there that were douchebags and that's what i was yeah, going for, for sure 98 the 98 film tries to do something a little bit similar and Roland Emmerich in an interview actually revealed this which was he got inspired by like older 50s movies and was trying to do character dynamics like that but bring them towards the 90s and ironically enough the director of Space Godzilla was trying to do the same kind of thing going with like this sci-fi melodrama but bring it to what the times were which was the 90s and um (laughs) I will say this, that uh, aside from a few characters in 98 film, which I like, the rest of it was just a, a really a miscasting, I think, and just a terrible script. For sure. For sure. I agree. Like, some, like as soon as I saw, uh, like, the main guy, Nick, what is the actor's name? Uh, Matthew Broderick. Yes. I, I was like, what? what <laughs> Matthew Broderick? This goofy dude. Like, I mean, cool. <laughs> But like, come on, man. And I don't know. It was just the people shit. Often, often I feel like that there's too much people shit. I need more monster shit. No more people shit. Give me more monsters. And I kind of just felt that way about this people shit. It's just like, eh, boo. I don't know. I mean, all right. So full disclosure, uh, when I last watched the movie for its 25th anniversary on the 25th anniversary, I did what I've been doing a lot with with bad movies in that I got stupidly stoned before watching it. Fuck yeah. I I don't know. Even the human stuff, it was just, it was kind of fascinating in a way. (laughs) And like... I, I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't know how to explain it as as a sober human being right now. Uh, but I don't know. It, it just 
so for kaiju movies in general for me it the human stuff is very important to me because with a lot of films that focus too much on the monsters and not enough on the humans they fall kind of flat because you still need that that level of humanity that you can relate back to to really in to fully in, immerse yourself in the story and i it just maybe maybe it's because you know they're i don't <laughs> i hope this doesn't sound as bad as it, it is going to sound in my head <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, maybe it's the fact that like they're actually speaking a language that i understand him and fluent in that it's just <laughs> shut up shut up shut up <laughs> shut up <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't know maybe, maybe it's it's just it feels more I don't want to say realistic because that's going to well, sound even worse. Well, uh, look, and there, that's there's a reason when why... David got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was okay. just digging uh, myself a hole there. I'll, I'll defend David. There is a reason why, uh, I mean, studios even bother adapting certain properties and stories to specific audiences. I mean, uh, for example, uh, Disney, did you know that there's like, uh, there's like multiple versions of like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and all these other shows just for what? like Indian. Yeah. And they're like filmed <clears throat> completely different actors, you know, basically the same stories. They're just adapted to different cultures and languages. I mean, did you know that there is a whole Hispanic ver or I think, uh, it might be Brazilian, I don't remember, but there's a whole Spanish version of Breaking Bad where they refilmed the entirety of Breaking Bad with different actors. That I like, did know. It's like it's 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 so I'm I no, I, I think you're on the something. I, I mean I think I think the I literally just saw a news report about it today. I think the newer generations are starting to like not care as much. Um right. I mean like Squid Games Squid Games, despite being uh, a foreign property, uh, the story is something I think virtually anyone in, in a capitalist uh, country can relate to. Um, and because of that, it's like one of the most popular shows of Netflix like history. Of course, so, we took the wrong I, lessons from that, and they're actually making a game show out of it. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't always work. Yeah, I know, but but you understand my point. Uh, I, I I think I think I think I don't think what you what you what you meant is problematic. It it, it there's definitely some truth to it in the sense that we we relate to. I mean, me and Nick were just talking the other day about how Cloverfield. We want to do a whole podcast on Cloverfield because Cloverfield is essentially a remake of Godzilla 1954, but uh, built upon. Uh, the 9-11 context instead of like Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, like, you, you know what I mean? It's, it, it happens, right? I mean, that's just like the whole history of art. We adapt <laughs> to for sure. other, for other audiences. Okay, guys, let's get into the plot. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the summary from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. And as I say, get just jump in here anytime something strikes you. An iguana nest is exposed to the fallout of a military nuclear test in French Polynesia. In the South Pacific Ocean, a Japanese cannery vessel is suddenly attacked by a giant creature 
with only one fisherman surviving. Now, I appreciated this because it's very a very traditional thing to do to just start off with a ship getting wrecked by Godzilla. <laughs> totally. I love that they, like, gave us little pieces. Like, we didn't get just, like, aha, Godzilla. We got, like, the tail and the claw and, like, how they just kind of eased yeah. us into it. I love that. It was it was so yeah. good. Yeah, love and, and, I mean, like you pointed out, the, the whole ship scene is, is a direct... And and this kind of is like what annoys me when people say that the movie had nothing to do with the original. It absolutely did. It it did hit like certain uh, some of the same beats from the original film. Uh, they both open with the shipping vessel being uh, struck down by Godzilla. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's 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 a and you know obviously that's goes back even further into Godzilla's origins with being inspired by the Lucky Dragon incident. Yeah. Dr. Nico Niktatopoulos, an NRC scientist, is in the Chernobyl exclusion zone, so it's another very topical thing there, researching the effects of radiation on wildlife, specifically worms, because they call him the worm guy throughout the rest of the movie, but is interrupted by an official from the U.S. State Department. Meanwhile, in Tahiti, a mysterious Frenchman questions the traumatized survivor over what he witnessed, who repeatedly replies, Gojira. Nick is sent to Panama and Jamaica to study a trail of wreckage leading to another cannery ship with massive claw marks on it. Nick identifies skin samples he discovered in the shipwreck as belonging to an unknown species. I really love when we see Nick in, in the footprint. Like as soon as the that's just what I'm about to bring up. It kind of like pans out. I was like, yes, bring it. It's gonna be so good. I was getting <laughs> yeah. so hyped. He's and not like, to go where? On another tangent, where but, is it? But that footprint's still there. I was back oh, to this day. Really? It's, it's 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 uh, it's on its like last days out. I think so. If you do want to see it, I would uh go soon. Um, but where? uh, they do uh, where towards... is that? So it's in Hawaii. I I don't recall which island. I don't know if Nick might know, but it's uh it's the same place they filmed Kong Skull Island in Jurassic Park. You can take okay. a uh, film tour there, and they'll bring you to the foot. Ah, it's mostly wow. filled up by now, just due to like sure. you know the weather of the years. But you can still see the faint outline of the Godzilla ninety eight foot still there nice. to this day. Wow. <laughs> That's so funny because one right. of my notes is like this movie is kind of like a Godzilla movie and Jurassic Park had a baby. <laughs> it is like, a well that <laughs> that that is the that's my main issue with the film. But uh, that was a lot of people's main issue. I can say we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, he dismisses the military's theory of the creature being a living dinosaur, instead deducing it to be a mutant created by nuclear testing. The creature travels to New York City, leaving a path of destruction in its wake. This is one of my favorite bits, and I feel like we saw a similar thing in another recent film, and both of them remind me of the thing from another world, when there's a fisherman on a dock, and Godzilla comes swimming in, and heads right to the dock, and the guy's got to run as as the planks of the dock get flown up into the air behind him. There's a scene in a the the thing from another world where the the thing is underneath some floorboards and is in in an Arctic outpost, and it's the same the, same thing as it moves. The floor gets destroyed as it comes as it moves underneath it. Yeah. Are you thinking? And of I know the there was something. The 1982 movie. 
where that also happens? Yeah, the, the No, I'm talking about I'm talking about the original. I'm talking they might also do it in the remake. I'm talking about the thing from another world, not the thing which oh, is a okay, remake good. of the thing from another world. They might also do it in the remake. But there was some one of these uh kaiju movies we saw recently, I think also did that. Uh it's just a moment I really I really like. Anyway, the city is evacuated before the U.S. military, on Nick's advice, lure the creature into revealing itself with a large pile of fish. The That's iconic of fish. pile of fish. Uh, <laughs> yes. The pile of fish. Their attempt to kill it fails, however, and only causes further damage before it escapes. Nick collects a blood sample, and by performing a pregnancy test, which he just decides to do with some over-counter the tests... Uh, discovers the creature reproduces asexually and so is collecting food for its offspring. And that's when most of the audience was lost. Yeah. Nick also meets up with his ex-girlfriend, Audrey Timmons. We saw a little bit of her already. (laughs) We saw her in the, uh, we saw her at work and she sees Nick on TV and realizes that's her in. A young aspiring news reporter. While she visits him, she uncovers a classified tape in his provisional military tent concerning the monster's origin and turns it over to the media like a sneaky little bitch. <laughs> she, that's, that's what it says right here in Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Wikipedia's getting a little salty here. She hopes to have her report put on TV as to launch her career, but her boss, Charles Kamen, uses the tape in his report declaring it his own discovery and dubs the creature Godzilla. It's Gojira, you moron. <laughs> I think that's the name of our uh, uh, main, t- uh, I almost said talking toku, our, our main no croissant group chat is, 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 uh, <laughs> is, is, yeah, is Gojira, you moron. It's on the, it's on the back of your, it's on the back of your business card. One of you guys right. gave me a business card at, at G Fest, and it's it's on the back of it at the top. <laughs> Chris, why have I not received a business card? Oh, I thought I gave you one already. Well, I guess not. <laughs> they do the same thing in the legendary movies, in that all the Japanese people call him Gojira, and the English speakers call him Godzilla. So I kind of appreciated that. It's it's funny because. Uh... Uh, when I went to Japan, they they did a, a television segment about me going to the <laughs> Godzilla zipline, and in the in the segment, mm-hmm. I kept calling it Godzilla, and I don't I, I guess uh-huh. I was either saying it wrong or I don't know, but I was getting made fun of on Japanese Twitter, and they were like, we don't we don't fucking we don't fuck we say fucking Godzilla, we don't fucking say Godzilla. Like, okay, <laughs> you stupid gaijin. Were you maybe? <laughs> Were you maybe overpronouncing it? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> giving it too much. It's pretty funny. Like this white dude coming to Japan. You know, like the uh, uh, American, like the white newscaster who's like, "There was a tornado today in Guadalajara." Like you do. Just calm down. A Breaking news: Man spell man pronounces Godzilla wrong. <laughs> Uh, now I'm sure at that at that attraction they probably call it Godzilla a lot because it's you know it's for the tourists, mm-hmm. so they want to make sure the Americans know where it is. 
as a result, Nick is removed from the operation and it says here disowns Audrey. I'm not sure that's quite the right word, but but yeah, fuck Audrey. Before being kidnapped. I'm writing you out of my will, Audrey. You are no you are no ex-girlfriend of mine. Before being kidnapped by the mysterious Frenchman Philippe Roche. Revealing himself, so we've seen him a couple times so far, claiming to be an insurance agent. But he reveals himself as an agent of the French Secret Service. Uh, we get some, I want to mention, we get some stuff with him in a surveillance van. And when his assistant brings him some coffee, he's like, uh, where's the croissant? <laughs> and they Whoa. say, no croissant. And that Which is where we get our name. Is where the title of your podcast? <laughs> yes, it all comes full circle. <laughs> Which is is uh, I think genius marketing. Uh, who, who would not know that a podcast called No Croissant is about Godzilla '98? So uh, he he's in the French Secret Service, and he explains that he and his colleagues have been closely watching the events to cover up their country's role. In the nuclear testing that created Godzilla. Suspecting a nest somewhere in the city, they cooperate with Nick to trace and destroy it. Meanwhile, Godzilla resurfaces and dives into the Hudson River to evade the second attempt by the military to kill it, where it is attacked by Navy submarines. After colliding with torpedoes, Godzilla sinks, believed to be dead by the authorities, and that's the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Except it's not... (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't that because be nice? Because then we get, then we get, ladies and gentlemen, Jurassic Park, which is, uh, as indicated earlier, my main problem with the movie is just the blatant ripoff of Jurassic Park raptors that we now spend the rest, most of the rest of the movie dealing with. Yeah, I just, I, I, even at the time, I just was like, what is this bullshit? I'm not entirely posed to the idea of it. It's it's just at this point, the movie is starting to feel very long. It's because uh-huh. it's it's like yeah. two and a half hours long. I think to this day, it's still the longest. It's it's still the longest Godzilla film in the franchise mm-hmm. at two and a half hours. I think the only. The other one, yeah. like the closest is like probably King of the Monsters, which is like two hours and 10 minutes, I think. So yeah. it's not, it's still not even close. I, I, and, I definitely wanted to second that the pacing feels like it slows down. Like it looks like it starts going really smooth going in. And then around when you get to the baby Godzilla's, it kind of slows down. To uh, add something else to that, though, with the Jurassic Park comparison. Um, I, when I think about it more, it's what else? What we? What else will we have? What? What else will we get with it? Though is the thing. Like what I'm saying is uh, with the baby Godzilla, because they're just smaller versions of the adult. I almost feel like they're. It was inevitable that you were going to end up with something that seems like you know, like the Raptors, because you know you shrink you shrink the full grown Godzilla to human size. It's just a dinosaur running around. So, like, that's, yeah. I almost feel like that always going to happen anyway, so. Well, but I think the only reason that is an element of the story is because they wanted to do that. They wanted to rip off Jurassic Park 
And they're like, well, we've got the big T-Rex kind of thing. Let's get some of those raptors in here. I know. It's it's pregnant. It's going to have a nest. Yeah, that's it. That'll be our third act. I don't think, uh, you know, that, that it had to be a movie about a pregnant Godzilla. I think they just wanted to have some little raptors running around. All right. So here, here's my question for you, then. Mm-hmm. Would it have been better if it had been a traditionally like a more traditional baby Godzilla design, like something for, like Minilla. Yeah, you wanted him to look like a baked potato? <laughs> I just wouldn't have had them in the story. I wouldn't have had them be part of the story. <laughs> I would have just been improved if it would look like, more like Minilla. <laughs> or no, or absolutely not. <laughs> it's just, it would not have been, it would have just been a different reason to dislike it. It wouldn't have been a Jurassic <laughs> Park ripoff. But it would have been Manila, so <laughs> there's that. I I like maybe if it looked I more like Godzuki. Aww. Okay. I I liked the I liked the baby raptor type Godzilla things. I I loved it. I liked that they were okay. like kind of chill at first, and they were like, "Don't move, don't panic," and then they were like, "Nah, run!" And then we had the like goofy Scooby Doo moments. <laughs> now where panic. They were like, ah, marbles on the floor, yeah. or what? Or they were gumballs, you know. All it that does like, feel shit. very Scooby Doo, actually. <laughs> it does. It. <laughs> it well, really does. it's got Frank Welker. Frank Welker in it, so there you go. There you go. Like Zoid Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Philippe's team, followed by Audrey and her cameraman, Victor Animal Pilati, find the nest inside Madison Square Garden with over 200 eggs. Before long, the eggs begin to hatch and the strike team are attacked by the offspring. Nick, Animal, Audrey, and Philippe take refuge in the garden's broadcast booth and successfully send out a live news report to alert the military. Oh, oh, did you get your live news report, Audrey? Oh, did you finally get it? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. Yeah, well, she and she might she might have to sacrifice her life for it. She's certainly willing to. She's like, you guys need to bomb this shit right now. We'll try to get out, but we but we might not. I finally got my live Just broadcast. Do it. <laughs> yeah, so I can die happy now. Please bomb me. I did kind of appreciate that moment where she's just like, you need to destroy this place now. Then don't worry about us. Just do it. You need to destroy the worst character. Yes. A prompt response involving an airstrike is initiated as the four escape moments before the Air Force bomb the arena. Audrey and Nick reconcile, boo, before the adult Godzilla having survived, yay, emerges from the garden's ruins. Surprise, shouty! <laughs> Enraged by the deaths of its brood, it takes its rage out on the four because cha- it knows they're responsible, chasing them across Manhattan. After a taxi chase, they manage to trap Godzilla within the cables of the Brooklyn Bridge, allowing the returning Air Force to shoot it. Godzilla dies from its mortal wounds, and the remaining citizens and authorities celebrate. Audrey tells Cayman that she quits working for him after what he has done before leaving with Nick. Philippe taking a tape animal was recording and promising to return it after removing certain contents. Thanks, Nick, for his help and parts ways. Meanwhile, in the ruins of Madison Square Garden, a single surviving egg hatches, and the hatchling roars. Bump, bump, <laughs> bum. 
Yeah. I do want to mention Mayor Ebert and his assistant, Gene, <laughs> which some of the younger viewers may not realize what's going on there. Uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert were famous film critics who sadly are no longer with us, but they had a, a number of television shows and a number of bad reviews for Roland Emmerich movies. So like a little crybaby, he put them in the movie <laughs> yeah. to make to make fun of them. Yeah. And in Ebert's review of this movie, which is not good, he mentions it and doesn't complain about it. He actually just says that, uh, I thought we got off a little bit light. I expected to get killed by Godzilla. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, the weird that's thing. Like the fact that they survived is yeah. interesting, considering that's, that they were yeah. put in there to be made fun of. Yeah, right. But I, I I think it seems like Roger was a good sport about it, and gave it a bad review, but not because of that. And I, yeah, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and and think that it is an honest bad review that he doesn't. That probably amused him a little bit. Uh, if sure it was me, I would have been like honored was personally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there we go, folks. That is the plot to Godzilla 1998. Any really, other parts? Anybody one of the movies of all time. Wants to... <laughs> yeah, one of the I movies, agree. Yes. Of all the movies, this is one of them. <laughs> So I've. Uh, let's I'll, just. I'll, I'll add a, another little, just general thought about it. If that's if that's where we're going, I don't know where what you what where we're going after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I've kind of come to the realization that, for at least for me personally, like I think the fandom as a whole will. They're starting to get there, but it's going to take a little more time because. Godzilla fans are are a stubborn bunch. They they can be. <laughs> But I think this film, 25 years on, is starting to get to the point that, for a lot of people, the Star Wars prequel trilogy is at, in that (laughs) you can kind of joke about it, and like also the people who watched it as kids are starting, they're kind of getting the nostalgia for it. Like, that's that's kind of where I am. Like, I can make fun of it, but I still have that nostalgia for it, because I watched it a lot as a kid, because it was we know it was widely available. It was one of the few that were widely available at the time. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, yeah, you can make the argument of whether it's like, oh, you're just enjoying it. Ironically, it's like, eh, but you're still enjoying it. There's still that level. You're still enjoying a movie yeah. at the end of the day, you know? There are people who this was their first Godzilla movie, and they probably watched it over and over again as a child. And that's... Mm. That's fine. That's, you know, it's good for them that they can enjoy it on that level. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't hate it. I don't hate it. Neither do I. Yeah. No, that, that's. I, but again, like, I feel like something like that's a lot of fish has has the same. It's like at the same level as like any of the the meme worthy lines in in like Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> you know, it's at that level. I feel. I don't know what you're talking about. I know George Lucas intended to do some prequels to Star Wars, and that would have been cool if he had done that. <laughs> but, uh, 
apparently, because, uh, you know, I read in a Starlog magazine years ago that he was going to make three prequels and three sequels. <laughs> but then he got busy making Willow and whatnot and never got around to it. And that is a darn shame. <laughs> so... <laughs> sure, sure they would have been amazing are there any uh yeah i i mean you know the whole idea of a a war over the issue of cloning uh and and clone rights <laughs> to me i always found that fascinating like, tell me more about this clone war i'm just i'm just uh, curious so, as to how far you can take this at this point jesus <laughs> uh, priest and surely there wouldn't be anything in there about the Jedi being okay with slavery. That that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, is there anything else any, that we have failed to mention that anybody uh, wants to bring up? I will say that the things there were some things in this movie that gave me all the fills, like the disposable cameras, <laughs> the cell phones. Yeah, sure. Like, all yeah. of the very, like, 90s shit that, you know, it was, I was just like, oh, man. Like, that was kind of nostalgic for me, even though I hadn't seen this movie. And also, because I hadn't seen this movie, and because I didn't really have, um, I mean, I just, like, didn't really know what to expect. But because I had heard so many bad things about it, I think that it made it so much better for me. Because I was like, man, I don't really see the bad things as much as I think people who were, like, true fans who watched this movie and then were like, oh, fuck that movie. You know, I didn't really get a lot of that. And also, it kind of reminds me of... um, the, there was a guy that we recently did an interview with and he was saying, you know, like the reason why Godzilla has made it this far and why it's such a big deal is because Godzilla is a concept and because it changes all of the time and the way that it that was, changes uh, throughout time. Yeah, yeah, it was Bob. You're right. Yeah, the way that it like he changes throughout time is kind of like what keeps him relevant and like why it's so good and why it's so big. And I really felt that in this movie because he's so so different in this movie not only because like of the cgi and stuff but just kind of even like he has this moment when he first kind of like gets close to nick sort of in the beginning where it's just kind of like a puppy moment like a dog moment like he's just an animal and he's just like sniffing shit out and it's just like such a cool moment that i feel like we haven't really got in the previous films you know where he's just like i don't know it's just this really cool thing so i think that this film kind of really was that for me was like the evolution of like, you know, where we are now with this like Godzilla versus Kong and all of this create like the legendary Godzilla is so big and scary and raw. And this is kind of like the first like little bit of that because it's not like a dude in a like a heavy rubber suit like goofing off and doing weird shit. So I just really loved that like that we really got to see this crazy evolution from, you know, like Destroya and Space Godzilla to this kind of like just purely instinctual animal just doing animal shit and destroying shit and like you know i just i loved it i loved it so much i'm happy to be in 98 because man some of the movies you know in like the 50s like 54 godzilla and even like you know just going through those especially because i hadn't seen them or really watched a lot of old movies i'm like for fuck's sake like what is how like this movie is just not very good so to watch a movie from like you know 98 where like i'm starting to uh, really like watch movies and get into it. It was kind of nostalgic for me in that way of just like the quality, but also I just love the evolution of Godzilla up to this point and I loved it, man. I loved it. I'll watch it again and I'm, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
on that note, I was going to add that uh, I feel like it's aged better than 2014 has, <laughs> like as far as mm-hmm. pacing goes. Um, in fact, James Rolfe recently even admitted this when he was talking about um, after seeing the 2014 movie on opening night. He said, I, "I don't under," he said, "I don't understand it, but going back and watching it, I felt like I enjoyed the way that they paced the 98 film better than the 2014 one." And like it just Oof. you know like he felt like he got more of his enjoyments out of that, um, yeah. which, which was was interesting. But I can kind of see why a little bit like on some elements. Like again, like the helicopter chase is a lot of fun. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Like, oh, it's one of my, so One of my good. favorite scenes in the whole movie, and probably one of my favorites, like in the Godzilla series, actually happens in the '98 film. It's it's the submarine chase, and I'll tell you why. It's because when it, instead of normally what you see when Godzilla attacks submarines like he just gets hit he takes he takes a sub down and then that's kind of the end of it they paste it out where he goes towards the subs and then the torpedoes that are following him he rearranges back into the subs and i thought that mm-hmm. was brilliant like like he he so actively torpedoes are coming after him but instead he just redirects the torpedoes back towards the submarines by going underneath them i was like why didn't they do that in a toho film like i love <laughs> they did that like they tried to make godzilla smart like in that which i thought was what i thought was clever like i thought that was really smart and like cool like i, I wish like we had more like underwater battle scenes with the military like attacking Godzilla. Like I thought that would be like just something Toe should look into in the future. Cause other than like a brief shot in Tokyo SOS in 2003, that's, that's all we got. Um, like everything else is above water, but there's never anything like that, which was like really like mind blowing at the time. Um, and, and still ages, it still has aged very well, I think. The submarine chase and the uh little thing they did outside Central Park where the uh military is attacking them. Uh, a really interesting thing I wanted to add to that too is that um, so when he jumps into the Hudson River during that whole shot, like um, you know what I'm talking about, where he charges down the down that block and then he jumps in the river the all the artillery tanks on the ground land shots at him but it doesn't do anything to him but then the air force when they attack him you know it kills him like it like it blows like chunks of his like uh, neck and chest Mm. off and he dies i've supposedly roland got the idea from that from the first godzilla movie because in the 54 film the jets that come after him when he goes into Tokyo Bay, they never land a single hit on him, but everything on the ground from the tanks and the artillery trucks hit him. So supposedly that might've been where he got the idea of, well, I've never seen the air force at like land a hit on the first Godzilla. So I'm going to have the jets kill him because I don't see anything in this movie where the missiles ever land a hit. So, uh and and going back to when he was planning it like the only movie he took into like real consideration and detail when supposedly when he's writing the script he said was the original godzilla movie like that that was it he ignored everything after it so i've always assumed from him saying that that he just ignored like everything else that came after and it was just like well i'm gonna use that little loophole as an excuse for the military to kill him i guess and that's that's where i'm, I'm assuming he got that idea uh but switching the rearranging this background to the uh, overall topic um 
I look at the movie like a nostalgic art piece, but also a really good, cool entry in the Godzilla series. Like it's mm. it's not perfect. It's it's goofy. It's silly, but it's fun. And you know, like that's that's what a movie should be. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you're not having fun of the movie, then why are you watching it? You know. It's. Totally. I, I wish there were some things they could have done a little better. I'm not going to lie, because there's a lot of stuff that I think could have been tons better than what we got. And there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor that never made it to the final movie, which would have helped it a little bit, uh, especially if the opening, which uh, we could talk about that later. Uh, you know, I, I wish that, you know, like I wish more people will come back to it and check it out and then you know, like as this new '90s wave nostalgia starts to take on, because now everyone's getting sick of the '80s. I, everyone's getting more into the the '90s now. Um, you know, I think more fans will, you know, kind of warm up to it and, you know, like look at it for what it is. Like, it's not a perfect movie. It's it's not Citizen Kane. It's not the first Godzilla movie, but it's it's a fun, silly take on Godzilla. I think. Well, since you brought up Toho, I feel I should mention that the perceived failure of this movie led Toho to get off their butts and start putting out more Godzilla movies, which they did the very next year. With <laughs> They called it Godzilla 2000, but it came out in 1999, and it actually got an American release. And that led to a whole new series of what is called the Millennium Films. And this version of Godzilla appears in one of those. They've renamed him Zilla. Although I don't know if anyone actually says it on screen. And Nobody they does. make a joke about it. It's um, Final Wars, which basically has almost every creature in it. And, uh, yeah, there's a little scene where these two guys are looking at the video. And, they, and one of them says, is that Godzilla? And another one says, in America they say so. But no, no, it's not <laughs> I'm trying to remember so now. So he, he is if, now officially part. I'm trying I believe to remember that's GMK like, you're thinking of. Yeah, GMK. Not not to be like, actually, but yeah. That, that, was, in, <laughs> that was in GMK. It's not, not final He's push up his, uh, his glasses. But Zilla did uh, appear in, obviously, you are right that Zilla appeared in Final Wars just to be killed. Um, he's kind of referenced as like a joke in GMK, <laughs> that scene you were just describing. But it was more uh, like a, yeah. a diss oh, okay. than something to seriously take as canon. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I guess I you mean, can think of movie. 98 as canon as GMK. So. If you yeah. want the full GMK universe uh, wash through, you got to include <laughs> 98 Godzilla. Yeah, of course. 98. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go around the horn here and get everybody's rating. We use a five-star scale on this show. Uh, so... Hmm. <laughs> So what are we doing it out of again? Five. So one All star right. is I hated it. Two two is I didn't like it. Three is it was okay. Four is I liked it. And five is I loved it. And this is just, you know, we, your feelings about it. David, why don't you go first? I'll go first. Uh, two stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty harsh, don't you Nick, think? Nick, how many do you give? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a four. That's okay. Okay, and Chris, uh, I'm a, I'm gonna go in somewhere in between. I I think it's a, a 
is a three too high. It, look, it, it's it's a good movie. It, it's I I'll, I'll say it's it's a good movie. I I don't I think it's definitely overhated. Um, it's not a great movie. Um, but like you know, especially looking back on on the nostalgia glasses, it kind of has the same like pseudo ironic enjoyment. Uh, I think the newer generation gets out of the prequel movies, or at least the the what I imagine the prequel movies would be like had they come out. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, look, it, it, it don't don't look at it in an overly critical lens. It's it's just a fun little summer blockbuster film from a time where we were it was a little bit more appropriate to destroy new york and you know it was an interesting american (laughs) adaptation of a japanese classic this Um, movie can never be made today (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's gonna dive i i do want to expand on that when we when i eventually talk about cloverfield on a podcast because that's a there, there's some uh, strings you can tie together with Cloverfield and Godzilla '98. I'm sure. Um, I couldn't tell you what, <laughs> okay. but I'll find, I'll find those similarities. <laughs> it's. Well, uh, I'll, I'll hit you up when we get to Cloverfield. Uh, <laughs> sure you thing. When we get to Cloverfield. Uh, I, I have a lot of interesting. I'm still not hearing a, a hard number. Well, it, it's an interesting thing to say. I mean, I don't want to get too depressing here, but uh, you know, Godzilla '98s. <laughs> pre 911 movie Cloverfield's a post 911 movie and you can see the obvious influences i mean even the even Godzilla 98 directly references the 93 world trade center bombing mm-hmm. which is so it's like uh-huh. really like you know the idea of like uh terrorism and that fear was like in their minds when they're even like creating that movie so it's oh uh, it's just a interesting it's more of it's not really like a deep analyst it's more just like a uh, it's more. It more says more. It says more about like the culture back then, um, and how we perceive uh, entertainment now versus in 1998 when things were just a, a tiny bit more innocent. <laughs> Still not hearing a number, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Chris. You know you want to give it that extra star. Go for four. Uh, five I'll stars. Give it, I'll five give it, stars. I'll, I think. You can give I think it like a, a three and a half. I think a, a three in point, a three point one, is a perfectly fine <laughs> number. Point one. Okay. Okay. That's cheating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nick, did you give it one? What did you What did you say? Mine was four stars. Yours was four. Okay. Yes. Little high. Honeybee, what are you gonna give it? I'm giving it five stars. I loved it. Let's I had so go. much fun okay. watching it. It's five stars for me all the way. Okay, I, I'm giving it a three. I think it was okay. Wait, hold on, hold wait, on, honey. Don't bee. love it. But wait, you, how are you giving it five stars with your with your you, you were so you so vitriolically hated Audrey? Yeah, well, if, if we were if we were rating Audrey, it'd be a different story. But I, I'm with yeah. the, I, I definitely feel like it was five stars for me. And you know, like I feel like she contributed to the movie a little bit in a way. <laughs> Every, <laughs> every movie needs a villain. Yeah. Every movie needs a villain, and Godzilla is clearly not the villain in this. Yeah, yeah. He's just the real villain. monster is fucking Audrey, and we very, all know very it. true. Blonde reporter. Uh, I will say five stars is wild. Five stars to me personally 
is reserved for like very particular movies like uh, i don't know like schindler's list and like <laughs> and the Star Wars <laughs> what's, an, what's another amazing movie oh hey, okay fine i'm sorry this the is Phantom just Menace. It, but it's it's, it's interesting just though, her personal I, feelings well it's 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 awesome because uh i think uh one thing and and the reason why i kind of hate like film snobs like i love so many bad movies or at least yes. movies that are yeah. uh, the general public perceive as bad. Like, hey, like, I, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't, uh, you know, enjoy a scene or two from the Dragon Ball Evolution film. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, okay. it's, you know, it's people. Uh, Interesting the, approach. The, the wonderful thing about art and, you know, the people of this world is that we all perceive art differently and uniquely from each other. And yeah, like yeah, like yeah, sure. Maybe maybe most people didn't like Godzilla '98, but the fact that us, everyone in this call, we all enjoy this movie. So it's. Meanwhile, some people are will like literally send you death threats if you say you like it. So yes. <laughs> we saw a whole panel at G Fest. Uh, that was it. Was a guy who loved it, a guy who hated it, and a guy who thought it was just eh. <laughs> there was a guy in the audience who seemed angry he got up to give a comment when it was time for that oh and we God. couldn't even understand what he was saying because he was just, just <laughs> seething with rage it sounded like he was saying something to the effect of how dare you sit there and say that this is a good movie <laughs> All right, here's the good. thing, though. Here's that the seemed thing. to be the general tone, but we couldn't make out his words. This movie <laughs> is now 25 years old. It is a quarter of a century old. Just fucking get over it at this point. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. It's yeah. so yeah. exhausting yeah. now. Fight me in the street. This guy bitch. was like you had... Ins it was like you had insulted his mother. Like you had made an entire movie... <laughs> dedicated to insulting his mother personally that was uh his level of anger god uh, his, uh... Oh, oh my goodness well uh david scurvani nick huber and christopher conde thank you for joining yeah, us thank you guys here today. It, is, it is our pleasure we're, we're glad to we're glad to join we we all had a lot of fun and uh we're pretty excited to Join in. I mean, this is the first time someone's asked us to be the guest. I know. <laughs> we're like, we'll feel like little celebrities today. It doesn't look like it's streaming anywhere for free, but you can buy or rent it on all the main places like Vudu and Amazon and YouTube and Google if you oh, I'm, are I'm, so inclined. I'm sure Locker has a copy somewhere. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, <laughs> find. I'm sure one, two, three movies you might, might have a copy. I, I, so. I, <laughs> surfing on the bay, I believe there's a 4K version coming out soon. If it's not out already, yeah, we're we're getting a new Steelbook 4K for the 25th anniversary. Oh, yeah, I'll be I'll be first in line for go, that one because. I'll I'll be camping overnight. You don't want the scalp. Godzilla '98 is one of the few Godzilla movies I don't own on Blu-ray. It's so it, it I may as well. One of the Godzilla movies. Just, just one. I of have them. a DVD. Just, I don't... just one of them. I have a digital copy that's a Blu-ray level, but I don't mm -hmm. have my physical copy. is just is just a uh, DVD. Yeah, same here. Uh, next week 
next week we'll be talking about Godzilla the series. And uh, we'll have these guys on briefly to give us a few thoughts on that. Uh, but I think for now, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll put links on our website to all of these guys, other projects and podcasts and things. You can find all of that at MMFTG.com. And you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash MMFTG, where we give early release, no ads, episodes and we do some patreon exclusive episodes we are still making our way through the lyrics to science fiction double feature from the rocky horror picture show so join us here next week until then i have been precious d and i have been honeybee remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements and please don't misuse science <coughs> we won't see you but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.